welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 This episode is brought to you by Hostfully, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing. Make your own at hostfully.com slash pad. And as a special for Get Paid for Your Pad listeners, you'll get a free guidebook consultation after you make your guidebook. Welcome, everybody. Another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today, we're going to talk all about amenities and investing in your Airbnb, buying stuff that will improve your guest experience. And as a result, will be able to decade a higher price for your Airbnb listing. So my guest today is Jonathan Kalmas. He is the founder of Sleep Numi, which is a company that sells a really unique mattress. And he also is the founder of Hosting B&B, which is a company that supplies Airbnb hosts with affordable toiletries. So he knows all about amenities and investing in your Airbnb. He's also a long-term Airbnb host. So I'm sure we can learn a lot from him. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, Jasper. You are currently located in Colombia, is it? I am in Colombia, yeah. What brought you to Colombia? Um, the first trip, a friend of mine was just finishing up a job and he had about a year to go on vacation. So he invited me to a bunch of different places and I don't know why I wasn't so excited about it. But when he said, come to Colombia, I said, sure. And that was a year ago and I've been back four times since anywhere between a month to three months at a time. Awesome. And what's, uh, when did you start Airbnb hosting? I started Airbnb hosting about three years ago, I think. Yeah, just about three years ago. Under my name, I mean, with, with my properties. I was helping my parents. They had a few, a few properties out in Los Angeles um, that were just kind of sitting there doing nothing. So I was helping them out on that well before that. I think we were actually one of the first families in Los Angeles on Air- Airbnb. But I have a lot of experience hosting on Airbnb, the good, the bad, and the ugly, as I'm sure most hosts do. Awesome. And can you share some of the best and worst experiences that you've had on Airbnb? Yeah, actually, the worst experience was more, this is a good learning lesson. So here's the worst experience. I'll start here. I had hired someone to help me manage it while I was traveling. And the reason it was the worst experience was because I had managed it incorrectly. Um, basically what happened, I get a frantic call from the cleaning crew and from the manager saying that when the person checked out, they had completely trashed my apartment. Uh, they tried to pull the TV off the wall. There was bodily fluids in the bed. There was just everything was, was gross and crazy. And so I had an immediate kind of knee-jerk reaction and I reached out to the guy directly, even though we had closed out the transaction on Airbnb. And I, I went, you know, pseudo crazy with it. I started researching him, finding him on LinkedIn so that I could actually have a conversation with him. 
And I think that was the wrong approach because once I actually saw the photos, it was just, you know, the cleaning crew just didn't want to clean up and that's their job. Their, their job is to clean up after people. Um, it was a little bit more trashed than other guests that I had had, but it wasn't anything irreversible. So I, I guess the learning lesson here is not to reach out directly to kind of be more level-headed and, and be more business-minded about it. Because ultimately what happened was, even though I was a great host and they really enjoyed staying with me, they left me a very bad review. And the reasoning was, was absurd as well. They said that one of the sliding doors didn't open. So, so the review didn't match the reason for the review. But I think they were just kind of reacting and making sure that they could throw the first punch because they thought that I was going to leave them a bad review, which ultimately I did not because, you know, it is what it is. You you rent out your place and sometimes you get better guests and sometimes you get worse guests. So that was my worst experience. One of the best experiences, and, and honestly, these are the best experiences on Airbnb. You check in frequently, you make sure the person's okay, but when the person wants to be left alone, that's the best experience. So I had a I had a couple from uh, Russia, I think, and they just kind of did their own thing. They left the place super clean. I think they even hired a maid while while I was gone. And when I came back, it was it was honestly it felt better than when I left it for them. So that was a really great experience. Awesome. Well, we're going to talk about amenities, what you should supply your guests with, and also potential investments that you can make in your Airbnb listing to provide a better experience. And so, but let's, let's quickly talk about the companies that you founded. I know you're like a serial entrepreneur. You've founded a lot of companies in your, in your life, but two companies that I wanted to quickly touch on that are sort of related to Airbnb is, uh, first of all, hosting BNB. So hosting BNB supplies toiletries to Airbnb house. So how, how did you come up with the idea of founding this company? Hosting BNB was actually a byproduct of me traveling, um, and less about me hosting. I, it was always kind of frustrating to have to go to the drugstore and buy soap and conditioner and shampoo and and the basic necessities that most guests uh, expect. In fact, as we all know, Airbnb even created a new category called the essentials for that reason, to let people know whether or not it's there. Um, so I was traveling in Colombia, in Bogota, and I got to an apartment and it was just stripped of everything. And, and even though it had you know nice furniture and a big TV and good internet, I just kind of felt like, like it was lackluster because I couldn't, you know, immediately go and take a shower after a long trip. And you have to, when, when you're buying amenities or you're, you're deciding what to invest in, in your Airbnb, you really have to consider it from the perspective of, of the traveler. You know, when you're traveling, you get off a plane, you're typically kind of sweaty. You're not in the best mood. You just want to go and take a shower. Usually that's the kind of first thing you want to do. And when there's not soap conditioner and shampoo in there it's really frustrating and i don't remember where i read this but i was reading somewhere that the no the the first places that any traveler goes into in a hotel especially as well as an airbnb is the kitchen and the bathroom they kind of just want to go and make sure everything's in there so i got the idea because i i kind of was hit with this epiphany what if there was a simpler way to get the essentials for your guests what if you didn't have to be concerned and go spend premiums at a drugstore to go buy shampoo, conditioner, and, and the sorts. So that's how hosting BNB uh, emerged. 
Awesome. Well, I, I totally agree. I have one question for you, though. Uh, I mean, I also really enjoy when I stay at Airbnbs and they provide shampoo and all their other stuff because I travel very light. I actually don't check in a, a suitcase. So for me, it's very, very hard to bring any toiletries because they're, you know, you can't bring more than 100 mils of liquids. But my question to you is, is there, is it much better to provide those small hotel style bottles for your guests rather than just buying you know go just go you can just go to walmart and buy a couple of big bigger bottles that you can provide to your guests right yeah totally so the the sizes that we went with they usually last about a week uh the advantage of that is it, it it's much more hygienic everything is individually packed so they're not as small as the sizes in a hotel but they're not as large as a full-sized family shampoo or conditioner you would buy Hygiene is really important, especially when it comes to kind of the way you've cleaned and the way you've presented your your Airbnb offering. You know, it's it's the same logic as does someone really want to use a used sponge in the kitchen? And the answer is no. They they do really want to feel like the place has been cleaned, especially for them, because they're comparing it. Even though they're not staying in a hotel, they're comparing it to the experience that they've had in the past in hotels. And that's, I think, a big issue that a lot of Airbnb hosts face is that they're being compared to hotels, but the Airbnb host doesn't see themselves as a hotel. So there's that fine line where you're you're juggling kind of the problems of the expectations of your guest, as well as what's best for you and your business. You know, you don't always want to provide hotel amenities because it's very expensive and it doesn't always yield the best return for you. Right. So what you're saying, it's, it's more about the perception, right? If I, if I arrive at an Airbnb and there's like a big shampoo bottle that's half empty, that kind of puts the visualization of somebody else using the bathroom, somebody else using the shower in my head. And that's not really the visualization that I want to have. So that's why it's better to have, you know, a, a, a new shampoo bottle. And, and then obviously they, they should be a little bit smaller. Same applies to, for example, toilet paper. Um, I, I was just about to say that 100%. You don't want to have a half a roll of toilet paper there. It's really right. big. Even though it's not gross, in the mind of the guest, it's gross. Right, exactly. And so there's these little stickers that you can use to indicate that the the toilet roll hasn't been used. I picked up that tip some a while ago i thought that was a good one um so all right so that's that's when it comes to to cleaning uh hygiene and just uh you know having having putting the right perception uh, into the head of the guest um let's talk about the other things other amenities other things that you can supply your guests with that could potentially increase the guest experience you know, I get this question quite a lot from, from people, especially when they're starting out and they're preparing their house. They're, they're thinking about, you know, what should I, what should I add? What should I buy? And, you know, it could be as simple as a hairdryer. I remember when I first started out, I didn't have a hairdryer. And so when I had my first group of guests, there was four girls. And guess what? The first thing they, they needed when they arrived was, they want to take a shower and they need they need to dry their hair, right? And yeah. then, you know, things like a toaster or even uh, things like a teapot or coffee maker, water boiler, all that kind of things. I've stayed at Airbnbs where they didn't have a bottle opener. So I, I'd buy a, a bottle of wine and then I had no way to open it. Or, oh. you know, I've, I've been in situations where I, I didn't have a can opener. 
So I think it's, you know, and those, those things can be really frustrating because you go to the supermarket, you buy a bunch of food and you want to cook and now you can't open the cans and the can opener costs, I don't know, a dollar. So, dollar. you know, that's, that's a, that's a good example of a very small investment that can yield a much better guest experience. And so I think what, what's really uh, a, a good thought process or exercise to go through is to really think, you know, what are those items that don't cost a lot, but can really improve that guest experience. And so another, another thing that I thought about, I, I stayed at this Airbnb here in Taipei and they provided me with a suitcase rack. Now I've never thought about cool. putting a suitcase rack in my, uh, in my Airbnb, but it was, it's very useful. It's very nice to be able to just put your suitcase on, on the rack because then you don't have to put it on the floor. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just really convenient. And it's funny. I never thought about it before. And I think this is where we can actually learn from hotels. So the next time I'm going to go to a hotel, I'm actually going to really pay attention to what's being provided and, you know, see if there's some inspiration for, you know, adding more items to and to the Airbnb listings. Another thing is, for example, a smartphone charging station. Uh, that's something that that's a, that's a really great one, and that's that's what a lot of people undervalue too. I think I think some hosts I've heard, I've actually heard this in the past. A lot of hosts are are concerned with setting up a charging station because they they think that the guest will take it with them, and not because they're going to steal it, just because you know sometimes you think a charger is your own. But I think it's still a worthwhile investment, even if you do have to buy, you know, one or two of them every every few months, because it just does make such a big difference, especially someone who's traveling who doesn't necessarily have everything accessible immediately. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's 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 another one of those things that is just so convenient, especially if you travel to a country where the the you know the sockets they're they're different and your charger doesn't fit. It's just so convenient that you can just like plug your iPhone on the station and it charges automatically. You can play some music. Another thing that I really appreciate about the Airbnb where I'm staying right now is that it has these little night lights in the bathrooms. And so when you wake up in the middle of the night and you have to go to the bathroom, you don't have to turn on that really bright light that will yeah. make it harder for you to fall asleep once you get back to, to your bed. Mm -hmm. There's just little details. I mean, these night lights, they, they probably cost a couple of dollars as well. And it just, it just improves the, the experience. Those are pretty good things. Do you have any other suggestions on, uh, on, on what people could do to improve the experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's one. If you're if you're offering a TV and you have an internet connection, there's two little appliances that that are really tremendous and they're less than fifty dollars each. So it's either a Chromecast or a Fire Stick. You don't have to provide cable and spend you know sixty or seventy dollars a month on that. You can just set up your Amazon or or Netflix account and let people stream and and they like that because they get to pick the content. They can connect the phone or their laptop or however they want to connect. And it's really simple. I mean, nowadays, everything has been much more simplified. It's not like back in the day where you had to pair, you know, your Bluetooth headphones with your phone and it took 30 minutes. It's, it's kind of a, a two-minute segue to get everything working. So that's one. I really like that. And I got a lot of good feedback. Uh, a lot of my guests really like that. The other one is I would have a printer there, not for your guests, but so that you can provide information to your guests it's really, it's really underestimated the value of communication. You know, you may have the most beautiful place in the world, but if the person is struggling to connect to your Wi-Fi and can't connect with you because they don't have Wi-Fi, it just creates a perfect storm for someone to get angry where you could have easily prevented it with a piece of paper. 
Yep, that's a, that, that, those are definitely good suggestions. Now let's dive into the sort of higher priced items. Because, uh, you know, so far we've talked, we, we've talked about the, the things that cost very little and can improve the experience. But people also often, you know, they might have a little extra cash to invest in their Airbnb listing before they get started. Maybe do a little renovation, paint the walls, or maybe buy some extra furniture or, you know, buy a new mattress or a new TV. And so I always feel like if you're going to invest in your Airbnb, I always feel like the bedroom is the, the first place you should look at. And the reason is that when people are traveling, when they're on holiday, they typically don't spend a lot of time in their accommodation. And the most important time that they spend there is, is, the, is during the night when they sleep. And getting a good night of sleep is so important. So the bedroom is definitely the first place to look. And I would say one thing that's really important for me is I find it hard to sleep when there's a lot of light coming in. Yeah. And when you're traveling between different time zones, you're sometimes you're jet lagged. And then, you know, when you're, when you can't go to sleep until like four or 5 a.m. in the morning, and then literally an hour later, the room is completely bright and you wake up, it's, it can be really hard to go back to sleep. So I really appreciate yeah. it when, when, when I have a bedroom that really blocks out the light. So for example, investing in, in some good curtains or drapes that block out the light and also uh, providing some sleeping amenities, like for example, a hat mask and earplugs, that could really help as well. It could really help a lot. So I agree a hundred percent, you know, someone who's traveling, unless they're there for business and they're, they're kind of setting up an office, most likely is not going to be in your place a lot. So you have to make the experience that when they are there, the best. And the way you do that is through exactly the methods you're talking about. Buy the blackouts. Yeah, they're more expensive, but make sure that not a single ray of sunshine can get through in the morning so that they feel comfortable to wake up whenever they want to wake up. And they don't feel like, you know, they had a, a junky night's sleep just because some some light hit them in the wrong direction. This isn't just because I have a mattress company, but genuinely, you have to invest in a really good mattress and you have to invest in one that's neutral. So there's there's different firmnesses of mattresses out there and there's different types of mattresses. And when a hotel is buying a mattress, one of the characteristics they're looking for is kind of the general populace that can, that can accept it and appreciate it. They're not gonna be staying for so long, so they're not gonna acclimate and be like, oh, this mattress doesn't work for me or anything like that. So really what you're trying to do is is give them the best sleeping experience in the first week or the first couple of weeks. And if you are shopping for a mattress and you, you want to upgrade the bedding, you can't forget about the actual sheets and the duvet and the covers as well. It's really funny. You know, I'll go to these super hot climates because I travel a lot as well. And they'll give me this really thick duvet. So your options are you're either freezing at night or you're sweating. <laughs> and it's it's just this funny, this funny thing that I, I'm not sure if they're doing it intentionally, but you know, they just kind of overlook the fact that the climate is extremely hot. Or here's the other side of that. If you're in a place with heavy seasonality where, you know, sometimes it's cold, sometimes it's hot. You want to buy two sets of bedding, or I should say two different types of bedding. You want to have way more than two sets of bedding. But you want to have two different types of bedding. You want to have more light bedding. You want to have hotter bedding. One thing that I did, which worked really, really well, 
was I started uh, I started leaving out um, and showing where the linens closet was to my guests. And I would just hide some of the towels because inevitably guests like to use a million towels. But you would just you, you kind of leave it to them and let them set up their own comfort, which is really important. So if you're a hot sleeper, you get a cold, you get a lighter duvet. If you're a cold sleeper, you get a hotter duvet and you let them pick and choose. Um, and then lastly, part of your bedding kit is pillows. Pillows are very, very important. I can't say how many times I've stayed in a place and I just wake up in the morning and I blame the host. And it's such, it's so irrational to blame the host. But I do because it's it's just kind of the first thing and they're the scapegoat and why not? So you have to keep that in mind. I'm a host myself. And if I'm if I'm being so irrational and blaming a host for a bad night's sleep, you have to kind of keep that in mind for people who aren't hosts and are traveling and staying in Airbnbs. So one of the best investments you can make is providing an amazing sleep experience because sleep represents the rest of their trip. If someone's rested, if they're happy. When they wake up, it means that they're happy during their trip. If they're not rested and they're yawning the entire day, that's kind of the only thing they're going to remember. And they're going to associate that with you. I was just about to say the, uh, that uh, what, you, what you were saying about the blankets, because <laughs> it's a, I really recognize it. I've had so many nights where the duvet was too thick so i get hot so you know you wake up four or five times during the night and then you yeah. you put the blanket away and then you wake up cold you put it on you again and <laughs> it's uh it's yeah it's definitely not a very uh good experience and i, I end up sometimes kind of sleeping half under the mattress of under the, yeah. the blanket where part of yeah, my body yeah. is outside and part of my body is underneath it. So getting, it's, well. yeah, so <laughs> the def definitely uh, uh, making several blankets available because even, you know, even uh, apart from the seasonality, even if you live in a place where it's the same temperature all year round and let's say you have an air conditioning, it's still useful to have several blankets because you don't yeah. know what type of temperature people like to sleep in. You know, I personally like to sleep in a very cold temperature. You know, I travel to warm countries a lot and sometimes they only provide you with sheets and the sheets are a little bit too cold for when you have the air conditioning on. So those, yeah. those sheets are, I mean, the rationale behind it is, well, it's a warm country, so you don't need a blanket. But then again, I like to make it cold. So these are all really important things to consider, but you know, I totally agree. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but that's actually, you, you hit on a very interesting point. The leading cause of bad sleep, believe it or not, is not a bad mattress. It's not a bad pillow. It's temperature control. When your body overheats, you wake up. When you get cold, you wake up. It's, it's just a natural instinct because, you know, the brain kind of thinks like, Hey, maybe there's something to be concerned about. So you, you really are touching on kind of a very important point. It sounds funny, but think about when you're creating and investing your, your uh, Airbnb, really think about temperature, temperature control and what the different variables of that are. Meaning if you do have an air conditioner, to, to your point, Jasper, make sure you provide extra blankets, even if it is a hotter climate. Host, I can't emphasize how important it is to share recommendations of things to do or eat near your listing beforehand. Your guests won't have to go through TripAdvisor, Foursquare or Yelp. They won't have to scratch their head and think about possible places right in the moment. 
I've been using Hostfully to create an online and printable guidebook to show my guests my favorite coffee places in Amsterdam. They use my recommendations and I'm getting fewer questions from my guests as a result. I've also included screenshots of my guidebook on my Airbnb listing as a way to differentiate my listing from others. So make your own guidebook at hostfully.com pad. Let's dive into the the metros a bit more because I know you you've done a lot of research. You started your metros company because you found it hard to find a really good affordable mattress yourself, and that's what mm-hmm. kind of led you to uh, you know to to end up selling mattresses. So can you talk a little bit about what makes a good mattress? And when people go out and buy a mattress, what should they be looking at? What should what are good options and and what's uh, what are things to look out for? Yeah, definitely. So the first thing you have to keep in mind is that there's so many different mattresses and so many different types. And it's the industry is structured that way on purpose. It's structured in a way to confuse you. So when you go to one mattress store and you say, hey, I want to buy brand X, this model type, and they say, sure, no problem. It's going to cost you $2,000. And you want to shop around, you go to another mattress store and you say, hey, I want brand X with the exact same model type. They won't carry that. What mattress companies do a lot of the times is they'll actually create unique lines per store or per partnership. And and it's only to confuse you so you don't know what's a good deal or what's a bad deal. There's a big big, uh, uh, kind of uprising of what you call bed-in-a-box companies that are one-stop shop one size only mattresses and and Numi was created in that way intentionally uh it was made to reduce the confusion so that if if you didn't like it or if there was a problem with it you you knew that there was kind of just one model that you were getting and that there wasn't an array of 50 50,000 different options to go and pick from so the way that we combat against that because we always get the same question well what if i don't like the mattress the advantage of a of a mattress store is that i go get to go and test it out so we have an industry leading 365 night trial that means that you're able to use these mattresses for a full year and if you don't like it any time in that year call us up we'll we'll schedule a company to come and pick it up you're legally not allowed to resell mattresses so it's not a return but we will give you a 100% refund and then we donate it to a local charity um if there's one available in your region and it's just a really nice setup because it's kind of it's kind of taking a very old and lame industry which is mattresses and bringing it into the internet age when you buy stuff on the internet you typically expect there to be some sort of refund policy and things like that so that's something that you should really keep in mind is the advantages of buying from a bed in a box company whether that's new me or you decide to to purchase from one of our competitors is that you do get a sleep trial you do have a return policy and and the vast majority of brick and mortar Mattress stores do not have a return policy. So once you get it, you got it. You're stuck with it. And I think kind of the last thing on that note, on, on sorry, the last note on that subject is that when you go and test out a mattress, they're creating the experience for you on purpose. They want you to feel like you've tested the mattress and you've picked it. But the truth is, the reason why we provide a year, it used to be three months and then we decided to expend it, uh, to extend it to a year, is because when you buy a mattress and you test it out in the store for five minutes or 10 minutes or even half an hour in extreme cases, 
you're not actually getting a sense for what it's like to sleep on that mattress. You don't know how how it feels. When you're asleep, you move in weird directions as well. You, you're not conscious of how your body contorts within the bed, within the, the blankets, within you know the whole system of what it means to be sleeping. So don't don't fall into the trap of saying, oh, I have to go to the store and I have to test it myself. The other thing that I think is unique about Numi and other bed in a box brands is that a lot of Airbnb hosts have these really cool secluded rooms, right? So you have a room at the top of a spiral staircase or something like that. It's not the easiest to get a mattress up in the traditional method. So what we do is we do something called super compression. And what that means is we'll actually use a, a machine that pushes down over a thousand pounds of weight tied to an industrial vacuum to suck out all the air and then compress it down into the size of a box that's shippable. So we send it directly to your, to your doorstep. And before you decompress it, we recommend that you take it to the room that it's going to decompress in, which makes it superbly easy for Airbnb hosts, especially ones that have unique types of rooms that they need to get to that aren't always the easiest with traditional furniture. Awesome. So what makes you uh, get into the, the sleeping space? I never considered myself to be a mattress salesman. I really needed a mattress. The ones that I was looking at were all above $2,000, which was way over my price range at the time. And the ones that, that were below that price seemed like they weren't a, a great deal. The ones that were around $500 just were not that comfortable. So I had done some research and I, I found a, a factory that was really close to my house that for whatever reason was willing to let me create my own mattress. And I wasn't trying to sell them at the time. I just wanted a good mattress. And I bought it at a great rate. It was significantly cheaper than anything else on the market. Anytime a family member came over and slept over, anytime you know my girlfriend at the time slept over, everyone was just commenting like, this is a really, really good mattress. It's one of the best night's sleeps I've ever had. And me being an entrepreneur, I just kind of kept listening to that feedback. And I said, okay, how do I turn this into a business? So I discovered around that same time, maybe about a month or two after purchasing the mattress, that there was there were some companies doing super compression. And I really wanted to get into the space. I thought it was very interesting to be able to sell a mattress online, to be able to offer someone a refund on a you know a thousand dollar plus purchase is really, really nice. It's a convenience that I think a lot of a lot of brick and mortar stores are gonna have to start doing now because they're competing with the online space. So I, I'm not a I'm not a brick and mortar guy. I'm not against it. I've just I've never been in the retail space in, in my life. So to me, the idea of being able to sell a mattress coast to coast anywhere in the U.S. was really really exciting. Uh, so that's why I got into the mattress space. I like to solve problems for myself and then to provide those solutions to people who need them as well. That's probably the best way to start a business. Anyway, I think you know you run into a problem, you solve it for yourself, and then you realize that there's a lot of value for, for other people as well. So, yeah. um, I, you know, usually I keep these episodes at about 30 minutes, but I feel like we're just hitting on a lot of really interesting topics. I've, I've learned a lot myself. I never knew all this stuff about mattresses. So I, I, let's, let's go on a little bit longer. So okay. first, first of all, Let's talk about how to think of, you know, investing in your Airbnb. So let's say the, the metrics that you're selling. So what's the price point on that? 
I'll, I'll, I'll lead with this, the price of the queen. So the queen mattress is 875. The reason I'm saying that is because that's the most ordered size. That's the most typical size that people expect. If you're publicizing your Airbnb to have a larger bed and the guest arrives and it's a double, it's sometimes a little bit awkward if there's two people sleeping in the bed. Um, so if it's a couple or if a family's coming, it, it does tend to get a little awkward. So I would recommend if you're going to invest, invest in a queen or a king size bed. It's very luxurious. It feels great for your for your guests. If you're setting up secondary rooms, guest rooms, or if you have a kid's room or anything like that, then yeah, you could definitely look at doubles or full beds. I wouldn't really recommend, unless you're really, really constrained on space, I wouldn't really recommend twins. We sell the most twins to families who also have kids and are buying multiple mattresses at the same time. So they'll buy a queen or a king, and then a full and or a twin. and it's just not the most luxurious experience. So if you are going to invest, give the person kind of the ability to sprawl out and have their own space if they're there with a with a partner. Right. So let's say a mattress. You know, let's just say it costs around a thousand dollars, and then um, you know, let's let's just say that you want to really turn your bedroom into the perfect place to get sleep. Right, and let's let's try and figure out how much that would cost. So let's say about a thousand dollars for the mattress. Then what about bedding? Let's say you want to get two comfortable duvets. You want to get a couple comfortable pillows and some some nice sheets and stuff. Like, what's the price point on that typically? It really varies, and and you know, there's a concept in business called blind market value items, and I think very much so the mattress world and the bedding world in general is that. So you may you may you know get someone. You may get a, a vendor saying that your 1,000 count Egyptian cotton sheets are $500, and you may see something similar on Amazon one day for you know 20 or 30 dollars. My recommendation to you is sleep in the bed yourself, and you base the budget based off of how comfortable you are. If you are not comfortable, your guests will not be comfortable. I mean, mind you, obviously, there's scenarios that are exclusions from that, but I'm talking generally speaking. So I would say a good budget would be somewhere around $1,500 because think about the things you have to buy. You have to buy pillows. Sometimes you have to buy more than one, depending on the size of the bed. You have to buy uh, sheet sets and you need multiple sheet sets because you want to easily clean in between guests. You should invest in a couple of duvets, but you don't necessarily need the inserts. You, you really you, – the covers are more important um, most of the time. So you buy a couple of them because it's easier to clean. And, and you'll very quickly see how everything starts stacking up and what the prices are associated with that. I recommend not spending more than $50 to $100 on the sheet set with the duvet cover. Now, the, the actual comforter itself costs a little bit more sometimes. Great places to go to, by the way, and a lot of people kind of underestimate this, but Ikea has really nice bedding, especially after the first time you wash it. It gets much softer. It gets much easier to maintain. Ikea, you can get a lot of bang for your buck when it comes to the bedding. Now, to be honest, and again, I'm not just saying this because I have a mattress company. I don't love IKEA mattresses. There have been a few recalls on them. 
they're not my favorite. I know some people are okay with them, but I, I wouldn't invest in IKEA beds. I would invest in IKEA bedding if you're kind of in that you have some money to spend, but you're also on a budget. If you do want to invest heavily into the master bedroom or or kind of the, the prime bedroom that you're offering on Airbnb, I would go to I would go to like a local department store. And if you go towards the end of the month, you'll probably find some things that are a little bit more affordable or discounted. So you can get, you know, Calvin Klein bedding for, you know, half the price and things like that. Ultimately, I have to go back to my original statement. You need to sleep in this bed one night. You know, you need to sleep in the room that you're selling. That's the best advice that I can give anyone when it comes to offering bedding to as a service, right? You're you're basically offering a bed as a service when you're putting yourself on on Airbnb. Sleep in it one night, have a friend sleep in there maybe another night and try to catch the issues that you find that make it uncomfortable for yourself because if you resolve it for yourself, I promise you it'll be a lot easier to resolve it for your for your guests. Awesome. So, you let's say 1500, $2000 is uh, is enough to really turn a bedroom into like a, a sleeping oasis um maybe yeah. if, you know maybe a little extra money for the, for uh, for a new set of curtains or drapes and so all right so let's think about you know, how much extra would an airbnb host be able to charge for that outstanding sleeping experience so let's let's put ourselves in the shoes of a guest let's say we're we're going on a trip and we're looking at two different uh, listings and they're pretty similar, but one listing just seems to have a more comfortable bedroom. And then let's say we go through the reviews and we see that people are mentioning that they had a really good night of sleep in this particular place. So the question really is like, how much do, are people willing to spend extra for that sleeping experience? So it's, you know, obviously it's impossible to calculate this, but you know, for me personally, Let's say a listing is like 100 bucks and the other listing is 120. And I read in the reviews that the people have an awesome sleeping experience. I personally would be willing to fork out that extra 20 bucks. Me personally, I would too. And in fact, that that is how, I mean, sleep is very important. And because I'm, I'm a traveling entrepreneur, I, I really do have to try to squeeze in the best type of sleep. It's not the most sleep, but the best type of sleep. So I do judge an Airbnb on whether or not I feel like I'm going to be comfortable and if I can get a good night's sleep. I would definitely spend the extra money. As we all know, Airbnb really does revolve around the review system. So it's kind of compounding growth. It's hard to quantify right this second and say, okay, from day one, if you invest $1,500 or $2,000 into making you know the best, as you put it, the best sleep oasis, what will that turn into in terms of dollars and cents? But the compounding growth is really what you have to look at because every time you get another five-star review and, and your guest comments and says something like, I had you know one of the best night's sleeps I've ever had, which I've gotten those types of reviews before, it really adds a lot to the story that you're selling. So again, when someone's comparing you and you're 100 $20 versus your your local competitor, which is $100, I, I assure you, you're going to get a wave of guests that your competitors will not. So again, I can't necessarily say guaranteed you're going to make 1000% more than you made before. But I can tell you that 
if you're conscious of the way that the review system works on Airbnb, then you, you've kind of sold yourself on this already. You know that those good reviews will pay for themselves tenfold. Awesome. Well, I do want to go back to you know, finishing this, this calculation because I think it's just a good mental process to go through, not just when it's about you know, buying a mattress or things for your bedroom, but also when it comes to a TV or a laundry machine or whatever it is that you think it might be worthwhile adding to, to your listing. So just, just for the, you know, to finish the mathematical calculation, let's say you can charge an extra 20 bucks and you rent out, you know, let's say a hundred nights a year then you know that would be two thousand dollars of extra revenue so you know what you always have to do is you have to compare the investment to the potential uh returns how much extra can you charge because you made this investment so you know if you can make your investment back in a year or two then i i think it'd be totally worth it if you do have the the money to invest because like you said there's also there's an edit uh sort of an edit effect that the you know the, the the positive reviews will actually bring in could bring in more guests to your place so you know there's an extra benefit to it yeah awesome i, I think sorry I think that's a great if you don't mind i, I just wanted to add a, a strategy to decide what to invest in because a lot of times you know us as humans we buy what we want but not necessarily what what other people want or need um so one strategy that i use to decide how to to take my investment money for Airbnb and purchase projects, products, I mean, is I would go and look at the reviews of my competition in my area. And I'd look at other hosts and I would read what types of things that people were frequently talking about in the positive reviews and what types of things people were talking about in the negative reviews. Like this place was great, but they didn't have X, Y, Z. And it's a nice little strategy um, to kind of figure out what to be investing in. Awesome, uh, Jonathan. This has been a very valuable podcast, I think. Uh, I definitely learned a lot. Before I let you go, can you let people know how they can find you and how they can take advantage of the, the products that you're offering? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you want to just reach out to me, and, and ask me any questions you want, you can feel free to reach out to me through my LinkedIn, search Jonathan Kalmus, or you can email me directly at jonathan at paisleylabs.com. I'm really accessible. I love helping people with business. It's one of my passions. So feel free to ask any questions. If you're interested in signing up for the private beta of hosting BNB, which is the monthly toiletries automatically sent to hosts, uh, you can go to hostingbnb.com. And if you're interested in checking out our mattresses, the Numi mattress, you can go to sleepnumi.com. Um, and there's a bunch of info and videos on both sites for you to learn more about them. Awesome. Any discounts you can offer to the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So um, through you exclusively, there is a discount of $100, I believe, uh, for Sleep Numi. And you have to sign up for the private beta for hosting BNB, but you will get issued. Uh, a discount of about 25%. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Jonathan. It's been uh, really interesting talking to you and uh, good luck with all your companies. And I uh, would love to uh, talk to you again in the future. And for all the listeners out there, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And of course, there'll be another one coming up this Friday. So I'll see you then. Awesome. Thanks, Jasper. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. 